Welcome to the Good Fight Radio Show, a program dedicated to bringing you vital and uncompromised truths that you won't hear in the mainstream media, discussing contemporary issues in light of the Bible and how these issues relate to family, culture, and the church. The heart of this show is to glorify Jesus Christ and expose the works of darkness as he is commanded in Ephesians 5.11. Now here's your host, Good Fight Ministries' own Chad Davidson. And that's exactly what he is doing yeah. as well. That's and he, the point, yeah. And he thinks he's making a mockery. Oh, I'll just make fun of Christians because they hate homosexuality, but they their book says all this stuff. And the fact is, is he's simply being used by Satan over yeah. and over again. And you make sa- Satan, uh, you know, in the image, you can see he's the, with the devil horns and all this stuff. You make him out to be a joke, not realizing that you are in bondage to him. The fact is, the Bible says, be sober and vigilant because your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And he is devouring little Nas X, and he is openly satanic. Yeah, and there's millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of of African-American Christians in the United States, God-fearing people that love the Lord, kind, sweet people that believe what he's doing and that homosexuality is destructive. Hundreds of millions, hundreds and hundreds of millions of, of, of black professing Christians who uh, look at homosexuality as being destructive because we believe that we are created in God's image. There's no doubt about it. We're created and designed. There's no way you can explain away uh, the, the fine-tuned universe perfectly made for us uh, to explain the RDNA information, explain the fact that there's a beginning and nothing existed before it other than there is a God. And we have this, as you mentioned it, Chad, a law within our conscience where we intuitively know uh, certain things are not only that, not only do they know they're wrong and they're unnatural, you don't produce, even logically, you don't, two men together sexually doesn't produce anything but death, doesn't produce life. Uh, but, you know, not just biologically is it obvious, but God's word is very, very clear, not just in the Old Testament, but in the New Testament. You said in Romans chapter one. So, but the, but the thing with, uh, Jay, with Kanye teaming up with him is this guy is overtly giving glory to Satan, you know? No, and, and one of the things that they did alongside the song Montero is they released the Satan shoe, mm-hmm. all right? They took a Nike and they customized the shoe and they sold 666 pairs. Only and, right there, cut off. And cut off. They, they sold, they sold them for $1,018, referencing the text in Luke. Specifically, it says, I saw Satan falling from heaven. Uh, and when... Like lightning. They yeah. sold out, like as Joe mentioned, they sold out right away. I think about a $1,000 shoe selling out like that. And they actually had a drop of human blood in them. I mean, this was so disgusting. Which goes along with sat- satanic sacrifice type thing. Not that they committed a sacrifice, but... No, yeah, 100%. And they, they had asked him specifically in a recent interview, you know, well, what about Nike saying you can't do that? And he's like, oh, that was just a safe face. We knew it was just a safe face. Because what did they do? They just put a, a stop on production, halt yeah. production. But all the shoes had already been made. They only, they were only sold in 666, and they had sold them all. Guys, this is overt, and you have at least 666 people, and more people wanted to buy them, buying these shoes in order to endorse Satan. And so then you have, as Joe already mentioned, as we're talking about, this is the reason for this entire show, is the fact that Kanye West, who once did a Jesus is King, then went alongside and is now producing and helping put together licks for the song Industry Baby, which, by the way... We don't need to show any clips from that because the thing is a bunch of naked men dancing in prison. But the fact is, is that 
Lil Nas X, and according and as well, uh, Kanye West, Jay Z, and anyone that is who is um, chained up in this sin, they are in bondage. That's Absolutely. what they are. They are in bondage. Yeah, he's uh, producing a song with the guy that gives Satan a lap dance, uh, who sells. 666, which is the mark of the beast, the Antichrist, who's a blasphemer against God. You know, Kanye, if you really love the Lord Jesus Christ, you love God, you know, you wouldn't support the wicked, the Bible says. And you need to repent of that, man. And I, I'm, I'm, if uh, He's probably not going to hear this, but our prayer is for him, in the name of your son, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, that you give him a heart of repentance because this is about as dark as you can go with evil associations. Talks about not even, you know, giving Godspeed to, you know, someone who uh, is involved in evil, Second John, because you, and not, otherwise you participate in his evil deeds. Amen. Well, he's literally participating in his evil deeds. That song, and uh, I just looked at the lyrics, you know, and uh, I, I'm not going to watch a bunch of naked guys jumping around, but I looked at the lyrics, and, you know, you have F-bomb being dropped, you have women being called a B, which, you know, uh, there's not an affinity for women with this guy apparently, and then he, but he does talk about a woman being slapped by him, and you know go uh, goes off with a slap mark on her body. So uh, it's just it's just it's just disgusting. So to actually claim uh, to be a Christian and be involved in this kind of stuff, I think it's very very obvious. So if you were listening from the the get go and you're like you know hey uh, man these guys are you know they're really doubting where he's at. Well, you need to just wait a little while because we've exposed what he's doing. Uh, calling, being called Jesus on one of his songs again and, and Hova uh, claiming to take the place of Jesus and Moses which really we're talking about Yahweh and, and Jesus which is the one God really so we're talking about a lot of uh, and we're talking about you know little Nas X and Satanism and so forth promoting Satanism very very wicked well we have a, a very nice live audience sitting here and, and many of which are non-believers they don't know the gospel I would love for them to hear not only the gospel but maybe the parable of the sower because I think I think we're looking at Kanye and saying, which one of the soils is he? Right. And before we do that, let me read yeah. just a few scriptures. I, I alluded to this scripture, but I want to read it. Second Chronicles chapter 19, verse 2. Should you help the wicked? Okay. Little Nas X, I mean, doesn't get much more wicked than that, right? Uh, praising or just the perversion, promoting Satan and everything. Uh, should you help the wicked and love those who hate the Lord? Because of this, the wrath of the Lord is on you. Can you imagine being under God's wrath and... It's worse to claim to be a Christian or to have followed Christ for some time, and we don't know exactly where his heart was in the very beginning, and go back to the vomit than it was. It's, it's better that you'd never known the way of righteousness, says in 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 20 through 22, than after having known the way of righteousness uh, and, and knowing Jesus, epignosis, a strong Greek word for actually experientially knowing him, and going back like a dog to the vomit and a pig to its wall in the mire. It's worse. It'd be better that they had never known the way of righteousness and after having known, having turned from the holy commandment that was delivered unto them, uh, so that's very, very sad. So it says we sh uh, to, to support the wicked is 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 horrific, and you're in huge trouble. Any of us that do that, uh, when, uh, Titus chapter one verse sixteen says they claim to know God, but by their works or their actions they deny Him. We can't just look at people's words; we have to look at their behavior. They are detestable, disobedient, unfit for doing anything good. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 21, Jesus says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he that does the will of the Father in heaven. So ultimately, it's not about lip service. It's about heart service. Uh, and if you're really served with your heart, it's going to show up with the instruments of your body, your hands and your feet are going to be in service to the Lord Jesus Christ. We have to make sure we're really dead to the old man and that he's crucified. 
So it's just very interesting when he talks about you know Jay Z singing in their new song together with with about Kanye, you know Kanye helping with the song that Hova and Jesus are taking the throne again. Maybe you know it's oh that's the old man coming back and claiming to be your own god. You know. I wanted to say you know we're, we're sitting here and we're exposing this because it's important for people to have a, a real gospel message. So I think before I even got to a a where I can read from probably Matthew 13 in terms of parable of sower. I'd love for anyone that's listening here that, you know, we have a ton of people watching, especially those who don't know Christ. And mm-hmm. they're they're sitting here and maybe they're coming to the same reality that I came to when I watched They Sold Their Souls to Rock and Roll. Maybe they're at the place where they're sitting there. Wait a second. There's something more behind this. This isn't just ideas and chemical waves in our brain and, and you know, electricity going back and forth and and serotonin levels going off. And so that, I, that makes me think, let's follow Satan. And maybe they're recognizing the spiritual reality that they're in. And so if they recognize they're in a spiritual reality, that there's something metaphysical outside of the physical realm that, that, is, that is going on here, there's a synergy, there's actually something, some force, some person, I think, behind all of this. I, I mean, really, where are they at now? What are they supposed to do if they're like, wait a second, if there's a, a Satan, there's definitely a God. I mean, what, what is that? Where does that put that person at? Yeah, well, uh, prior to coming to Christ, Chad, you and I both were blasphemers, and uh, that, that's the flesh. We have this fallen flesh that that wants to be our own God. But the Bible says, and in, in God's proved his word to us, uh, we are both mockers. I was one of the biggest trolls, antichrist you would ever run into. And thankfully, there was no internet then, you know, when I was young. Uh, I wrote songs against Christianity but then I opened myself up to the demonic world and I was channeling all kinds of satanic lyrics thinking it was my subconscious mind. But I came to the realization that, wow, there is a spiritual world because they began to communicate with me. I said, whoa, wait a second, all bets are off. If there's a spiritual world, I'm writing all these satanic lyrics. That means I can't just say it's something my subconscious is basically tapping into that's going to be popular. And after that, by the way, all the satanic music flooded the earth in the 80s and so forth. Uh, then I realized I opened myself up to satanic forces. In the midst of one of my experiences, I cried out to God, you know, that only if this is good, because I was like, what in the world's going on? It stopped. A week or two later, same thing. I cried out to God. I couldn't even open my mouth. It was sleep paralysis, like Billy Cyrus sings about, right? Cried out to God. Boom, it stopped again. I realized that Satan was real, that God is there, and he is real and more powerful than Satan, because both times I cried out, uh, it stopped. And I realized that he was gracious. He was merciful. I got on my knees. I cried out to God to have mercy on me because of my 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 wickedness. I opened this book because I knew the one book that I was against was the Bible. Isn't it interesting that anything else goes but Jesus, man, Jesus, even though he's done more good than anybody else on the planet, right? Those who are truly transformed him are, are new creations. And I began, I opened that book and I started all this, it, the, the words just jumped off the pages. I was like, wow, it talks about this whole spiritual war that I was in. And I was just so blind. And it talks about how history is linear and it's going to its culmination at this battle called Armageddon. And it's all going to go down. And uh, there's all these prophecies about Israel would reject their own Messiah, but they'd be dispersed, Jesus said, throughout all the world, but then they'd be brought back to become a nation again, which is exactly what's happened. And I started to see, wow, this God, this, this, this God, this is the God who's inspired this book, all these prophecies about Christ before he came. I started to study it, and I said, wow, man, I got egg all over my face, man. Jesus is real. And I asked, I confessed my sins and asked the Lord God to forgive me, uh, and realized what Christ had done on the cross and, and dying for me and dying for you. And I realized that I had this old man that had two major problems. And see, the Bible says that God made humanity. He made us in his image and he made us upright, but that we have sought out our own devices. And even though he proclaimed us good, 
we sought sin. And the Bible tells us this is rebellion. Satan's angels fell. God allowed that to happen. He allowed them to rebel and even lead us astray to test us. And humanity went astray. But God, in from the message from Genesis to the book of Revelation, the first book of the Bible, the end, is that God had a plan to redeem us and that he would send the Savior and that we couldn't redeem ourselves. We couldn't be good enough to get right with God. That you can't, doesn't matter what you do, you cannot overcome the fact that you're a sinner and that you have a sin debt. And the two big problems I realized I had, number one, I was in trouble, man. I was under God's wrath because I was a sinner, man. I'd rebelled against God, blasphemy, uh, all kinds of theft as a kid, you know, sexual sin, all kinds of violence, all kinds of wickedness. And I realized, man, I'm in trouble. And the second problem was I had a nature that was fallen, that had a proclivity and inclination toward doing my own thing, wanting to be my own God. And I was like, how do I, how does that get solved? And when I understood the gospel that Jesus Christ had died for me, that he actually paid my sin debt on the cross, he cried out, to telestai, meaning it is finished or paid in full. And I realized, I read in the scripture that no one can save themselves, you know? You'll lose your, you save yourself, your life, you'll lose it, and, and no one can redeem his brother. And that's why God became a man, because only he could live the perfect life and had a life to give in our place. So I came to realize that, wow, he paid my, for my sins, and that through embracing him and putting my trust in Christ and the free gift of salvation that I could never earn, that I'd pass from death to life. And the second problem, that heart change that needed to happen, God was already working on my heart, but the Holy Spirit came into me, and he comes into all those who are genuinely put their faith in Christ, and it's called being born again. And he gives us a new nature. He gives us new desires. So I could never I could never see, you know, being in fellowship with other Christians and knowing God and worshiping God. And, and now I can't think of anything different, man, because it's like my spiritual DNA has been radically changed. The Bible says, if anyone be in Christ, he's a new creation. Behold, old things have passed away, and all things have become new. And that happened radically in my life. Uh, so much so that the friends I hung out with, one by one, they got saved. Uh, my family members, all seven of us, I was the first one. Then one by one, they all got saved. All of them ended up serving in the fellowship that I pastored for years and years and years. A few of them have moved to Idaho, uh, and they're part of a Blessed Hope, which extends to our fellowship there, which is beautiful, uh, because people saw it was a real deal that, that he really did change my life, that I wasn't living a double life. And there are genuine believers, Chad, and all kinds of believers I know at the fellowship that I pastor are, are genuine Jesus-loving believers. Yeah, there's bad examples all over the place, but there's bad firemen, there's bad cops, there's bad people in whatever profession you're part of, right? It's because humans are bad. And Christ came to die for us. He was crucified for our sins. He rose again, conquered the grave. We have the evidence of, of eyewitness of testimony of those who saw the resurrected Christ as followers who then went to many of them their own deaths and great persecution, continuing to preach where, uh, where they were being kicked out of and flogged because they knew they had seen the resurrected Christ. You don't do that for something you know is a lie. So we have all these evidences, and we have the prophetic scriptures that what's happening right now, we're not shocked. Like, I can't believe this. No, this is exactly what the Bible says would happen. There'd be great deception. So we encourage you, if you have not embraced uh, the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, know that he loves you, that it's not by accident that you're tuning in right now, and that you simply need to bow the knee to him. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you'll be saved. You believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, and you confess with your mouth that that, that he is Lord, he's the master, he's your master, uh, you'll be saved, you'll pass from death to life and will not come to condemnation. Then, of course, we'd encourage you to pick up your Bible, man, get to know it, and find fellowship with sincere, God-fearing, Jesus-loving believers. The psalmist said, I'm a companion with all those who fear you. And today there's a lot of people that aren't real, but find those who really fear and love the Lord, and you have 
You'll find beautiful, sweet fellowship that you never knew existed. And it's a pretaste of beating God's kingdom forever and ever and ever, which beats hell forever and ever, hands down. <laughs> Amen. And you know what? I, I, I wanted to bring that out, too, because something that Joe has done a number of times uh, when somebody does make a profession of faith is he takes them through what we're about to go through right now. And I know we don't have a lot of time to do it, but I want to go through this with you because maybe you're someone that's listening right now and maybe you're like, you know what, I want to do that. I, I want to give my life to Christ. I don't want to live this life anymore. You know, maybe you're someone that's been heaped in this sin and I'm telling you, Jesus Christ is the only one who can break those bondage. He's the only one that makes us more than conquerors through him who loves us. That is the promise we have is that we actually have the Holy Spirit inside of us that now convicts us, not just convicts the world. He does convict the world of his sin, righteousness, and judgment. But now the Holy Spirit inside of us starts convicting us so that now the things that we once loved in our sin, we now hate. And, and we now, when we fall into sin, we also say, let's get back up. Let's get away from that sin. And, and the Holy Spirit convicts you. But this parable right here, Joe, has been something you've utilized for somebody that was making a profession of faith, someone that was saying, hey, I, I want to come to Christ. So I want to read from it because these are, the, these are the words of Jesus. Have you just come to know him? Guys, this is a great time to hear what does his word have to say, specifically about maybe you right now making a profession of faith. What does he say? He says this in verse 3 of chapter 13 of Matthew. And he told them many things in parables, saying, Behold, the sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell beside the road, and the birds came and ate them up. Others fell in the rocky places, where they did not have much soil, and they sprang up immediately, because they had no depth of soil. But after the sun rose, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. Others fell among the thorns, and the thorns came up and choked them out. But others fell on the good soil and yielded a crop, some a hundred, some sixty, and some thirty times as much. The one who has ears, let him hear. And the disciples came up and said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? And Jesus answered them, To you it has been granted to us the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to them it is granted. For whoever has, to him shall be given, and whoever has abundance, but whoever does not have, even what he has, what he has shall be taken from him. Therefore I speak to them in parables. But then he actually gives the specific explanation of this parable. And it starts at verse 18. It says, And maybe we can stop after each soil. Yeah. And we'll discuss it that way. Perfect. Listen then to the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is the one who's sown with seed beside the road. So who is that, Joe? Yeah, that's the person who, there's four soils, right? Uh, three of the soils actually have a regeneration experience. There's life that comes forth, you know. The first one, there's no life. This is a person who, uh, you know, basically the seed is sown on their heart. The, the four souls each represent four different hearts. So the Word of God sown. Uh, we know that Satan's very active, uh, and this is very important to keep in mind. And I take people through this sometimes when I lead them to Christ because I want them to see and challenge them, which soil are you going to be? And Jesus is talking to his disciples about this, and he's giving them teachings about, you know, if you, if you, love your, if you save your life, you're going to lose it. If you lose it, you're going to save it, and so forth, and warning them to persevere. And this, this is a parable about being the soil that perseveres because the first soil never has a conversion experience, right? There's never life that comes forth, you know. Uh, and, and, and it's interesting because three out of the four soils, only one of the soils in the end actually experiences ultimate salvation, final salvation, which is kind of interesting. This first soil uh, shows you that Satan, after the word of God's sown, 
people might even be excited to hear the good news, you know, but he takes the seed before it germinates. Uh, and we know that 2 Corinthians 4, 4, Paul says, if our gospel is hidden, it's hidden because the God of this world blinds the minds of those that believe not, lest the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ, who is the image of God, should shine in them. So Satan and the spiritual warfare that we're in is already blinding the minds of the world. That's why there's all these wicked caricatures of Jesus, uh, caricatures of his followers. Uh, not People aren't seeing in the news what hundreds of millions of Christians have been doing through the centuries and feeding the homeless and, and going on missions and building hospitals. They, they always try to show the worst examples. Uh, but they try to make other sin look 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 acceptable. So Satan blinds the minds of people to get them from even coming to Jesus. But uh, those who actually hear the word of God and they hear the gospel, like I just shared, uh, Satan tries to. They might even be, oh, that's that makes a lot of sense. But now, ooh, just friend just calls out of nowhere, asks you to a party with him or whatever. He tries to steal that seed, you know, brings some lie to try to just dislodge it from you. That's the first soil. And by the way, it shows you that this, this, you know, Calvinism and different forms of determinism, how untrue they are. Because if, if we were fixed and predestined one way or another and had no choice in it, Satan would not be busy about blinding people and stealing seeds. He would just kick back and say, let, I'll just let God do it. God's damning the souls. No, there is real spiritual warfare. Jesus plants seeds. He, the parable of the sower, he's the sower. Uh, the Son of Man went out to sow seed. When you look at all three, and, and uh, he's sowing the seed. We have the obligation to receive the, the seed of life and faith and maintain our hold on that seed through continuing to trust him. All right. Well, let's see Jesus's explanation in verse 20 for the second soil. He says, the one sown with seed on the rocky places, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet has no firm root in himself, but is only temporary. And when affliction or persecution occurs because of the word, immediately he falls away. Yeah, and then this 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 guy here, he receives the word with joy. There's there's a there's an acceptance uh, uh, in time of affliction, persecution. Uh, in Luke chapter eight, it says he believes for a while. Uh, so you know he believes for a while, but in time of temptation, he falls away. So the first soil, Satan says, Satan takes away the seed. It says, so he will not believe and be saved. Now I'm cross referencing with Luke eight. So he. The seed is sown in the first soil. Satan takes it away so he does not believe and gets saved, right? In other words, believing would bring salvation. This second soil, according to Jesus in Luke 8, he does believe for a while, which brings salvation. So he's saved for a while. There's life. It is actually germinate, germinates. There's life there. But he's in this rocky soil, you know. He's having a hard time growing, you know. And these rocks are a picture of persecution, uh, temptations that come that can make it hard to grow. And it's self-imposed, you know, it's a heart that's filled, that accept, that lets these rocks in, that lets these temptations in, and they squeeze the life out of the plant, and uh, they squeeze our faith away, and we don't continue in the faith. And at times of temptation, we fall away. And I'm speaking of those, not us, but those who indeed do fall away. So that second soil, so you have to make sure, number one, that you accept the gospel, and you actually put your faith in Christ, uh, unlike the first soil, which doesn't actually make that move. But unlike... The second, so you have to make sure you don't just believe for a while and have temporary faith, you know, but that you endure to the end. Jesus said that he that endures to the end shall be saved. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38 and 39, it says, The just shall live by faith. Those who are justified by grace shall live by faith. But he, the ones who that's been justified by faith, if he draws back, my soul will have no pleasure in him. Uh, and that's a warning because the very next verse talks about those who believe unto the salvation of the soul. That means they continue to believe into final salvation. Uh, and we're not of those that. Uh, that that draw back unto perdition or destruction, meaning some do. 
Amen. All right, we are on the third soil, which starts at, it is just verse 22 in the explanation. He says, And the one sown with seed among the thorns, this is the one who hears the word. And the anxiety of the world and the deceitfulness of wealth choke out the word, and it becomes unfruitful. Yeah, if you've ever planted a garden, I did it just one time. That's all it took for me. (laughs) And it was way too big. I took up a big part of my yard, got all excited, man. I have so many wonderful plants. But, man, I could not keep up with the weeds. And weeds can be terrible for plants. you got to pull them out. And uh, we have to be careful because uh, you, you, have to, you have to, Jesus talked about being single-minded, you know, having an eye that's single. And that word means pure. It's just focus on him. We have to be make sure that we, we, we stick to him and him alone and that we're not enticed by riches and the things that the, that, that, that the enemy, you know, offers us. Because it's, I try to always keep mine. I try to preach from the pulpit, share with my kids, my family. My brothers and sisters, that our lives are vapors, man. You know, I, I mean, I just talked about the Antichrist. When he reigns, it's like 15 milliseconds of fame compared to eternity. This life is so quick. Why get distracted from the things of this world? Uh, so it's important that we don't allow God's truth to be squeezed out. And when we come to faith in Christ, it's imperative uh, that 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 we don't let there be any rival thrones, any idols. The Bible talks about um, current idols for us. In America, you know, it talks about in a lot of the world today, it's not just sticks and stones that people bow down to and rocks. The Bible talks about being a lover of self, being a lover of money, which the Bible says is is like is greed, which is idolatry in Colossians. It's all kinds of idols. We must make sure that we keep Jesus first and we don't allow the temptations to come in and squeeze him out of our lives, which the third soil unfortunately does. Amen. And so Joe, what I love here is we get to end because we got about two minutes. For you to, I guess, encourage our audience to be this fourth soil in verse 23. It says, But the one sown with seed on the good soil, mm. this is the one who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and produces some a hundred, some sixty, and some thirty times as much. Yeah, the emphasis there twice is perseverance, right? And uh, this is one who hears it and it says the good soil. And it doesn't mean good soil in the sense that this soil is good and that it's it, it, it's favorable and righteous. It's talking about the disposition of the soil. It's ready. Uh, the, in fact, it's the opposite of being inherently good and deserving something. Jesus said, the Bible says, God gives grace to the humble, but he resists the proud. When he talks about two people receiving, uh, going to the temple and praying. One talks about, I'm so great, man. I fast twice a week and I give to the poor. You know, I'm not like the sinner over there. And Jesus talked about that guy didn't leave right with God, man. But the sinner who couldn't even lift his head before God beat his chest and said, have mercy on my God, God, I'm a sinner. Jesus said, that guy left right with God. The good soil is one who recognizes that he himself, he can't earn or merit anything, but he needs God's grace. So he receives the word with great joy and he holds on to it. He recognizes that he can't save himself. He recognizes that he has no worth in and of himself, that he is basically fallen and that God has to change him, that the Lord Jesus Christ through his gospel has to transform him. And he holds on to the Lord Jesus Christ with tenacity and he continues to hold on to him to the point of death. And while he holds on to him and he seeks him and he abides in the vine, to use another metaphor that Jesus used, he bears much fruit, 30, 60, 100 fold. So as, and what a, what a glorious truth that is, Chad. And I can see in, in, in your life, my life, by the grace of God, as we pursue Jesus uh, and just continue to abide in him and seek him and, and praise him and live for him, 
God's brought fruit, other people to Christ through him. That's not the only way you have fruit. The fruit of the Spirit is love and peace and joy and long-suffering and gentleness and goodness and faithfulness and meekness. And against such, it says, there is no law. That's the fruit of our lips, which is praise, it says in Hebrews 13. It's all kinds of fruit that you're bearing if you're a Christian, uh, but one could also be and hopefully will be in your life. Souls, whether you're winning people to Christ or whether you're impacting souls by encouraging them, by just uh, those people that are on the live feed that are encouraging one another to, to, to hold to Jesus and, and loving and loving him. And you're bearing fruit by doing that. It's beautiful. And because uh, Paul says, you know, one sows, you know, one waters, but it's the Lord that gives the increase. So the fruit comes whether you are bringing new souls in by sowing seeds or whether you're watering plants that are already there. That's how you're fruitful. You abide in Christ. You lovingly encourage others in Christ. You bear fruit to his eternal glory. And we hope that you guys have heard the kindness and the severity of God when it comes to this episode. And we want to encourage you guys, if today is the day that you have said, today's the day I want to come to Christ, I want to know him, let us know. You can contact us at chat at goodfight.org or contact at goodfight.org and let us know. And we would love to connect with you. We'd love to send you guys a little gift package as well from the ministry, just some things that we think could help you in your newfound walk with Christ. But we do want to encourage you guys, if you don't know the Lord, it's a great time to come to Him. And I want Mm -hmm. to thank you so much for joining us as we've examined, obviously, what's going on with Kanye West, Lil Nas, Jay-Z, and Satan. But the fact is, this entire show was dedicated to one reason, one reason only, and that was to bring you to know the one and only Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. We love you guys. God bless you guys. You've been listening to the Good Fight Radio Show brought to you by Good Fight Ministries. If you're blessed by this show and would like to partner with us, please consider visiting our Patreon page at patreon.com goodfight. Or you can write to us at P.O. Box 2202, Simi Valley, California, 93062. Or call us toll free at 1-866-JC-TRUTH. That's 1-866-528-7884. We hope you'll tune in next time on the Good Fight Radio Show.